You know, Eric, the congregation may not know, but, you know, PDM goes to all these countries on its own dollar. Yes, that's right. Uh, not out of the church's dollar, out of PDMs. And so we're able to go places that couldn't afford and uh, do not have the resources to put on these crusades to feed the pastors. When we bring pastors in, whether it's in uh, Pakistan or wherever, we're feeding those pastors, we're putting them up, we're taking care of them. And uh, you may not think that's important, but that's what we can do. And if we can do it, then we must do it. And uh, so, uh, and I can tell over the years, hundreds of people and hundreds of new churches, hundreds that, Pastor, you know, the last six years, you've been in front of over 114,000 pastors around the world. 114,000 pastors have been infused with faith to be believe God. They're miracle workers in their own churches. Think about that. So we, what we're trying to do, what I'm trying to do is duplicate Pastor Dosik and so many people because we know God's not a respecter of persons, right? What he does for one, he'll do it for every other people. So when we go in there, we have the privilege of encouraging them and demonstrating the miraculous. Now we tell them, listen, you can do this too. Do it. Yep. And Pastor, we literally have not come forward and begin demonstrating. But that's what we're trying to do around the world. But I believe the quicker we get these, these men of God raised up, Pastor, quicker we get Jesus coming back and we all can get out yeah. of here. And enjoy our reward in heaven someday. So, and uh, we have men and women that are out preaching that haven't seen our church for three years. Right. And they're out there and they're doing 18, 19, 20 countries a year. Amen. And, uh, you know, we have uh, like uh, Sherry uh, Ballard. She's out there and uh, she's the only white woman on the poster. And, uh, buddy, she's shaking it. And, uh, you know, Ben and uh, uh, Hannah, uh, but we have men all over. They're going all over the world, aren't they, Eric? Yeah, they are, Pastor. And that's, again, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to raise up sons of the faith. And you guys know Kim uh, Kim Norris, you know Matt Nichols, I think, fairly well. Both those guys are seeing hundreds of thousands of people come to Christ. And they really, you know, we're not doing this to tap Pastor on the back, but we're saying it because, you know what, church, if we can raise up an army, that will go out and be bold yeah. to go and preach this gospel in the nations. Uh, places that many people run away from, we run into. Yeah. You know, uh, some of those places we go, I just, I know the Holy Ghost is around us and the Lord helps us to keep us safe. But uh, there are times in which, you know, the Bible says watch and pray. And Pastor Mike called me to close my eyes as he's praying a prayer. I'll, I, I don't close my eyes, I must admit, I'm, I'm watching and I'm praying at the same time because there's other people out there that might have not have the best intentions, so. Yes, yep, absolutely. But uh, it is a great honor from all the partners it is. that help us go. Uh, each one of those souls are going to be accredited. Amen. And, and, and I talked to Pastor, just so you, and I'll stop talking here, but I talked to a handful of people personally, and I know many gave very strongly. And, I, you know, I just want to say on behalf of Pastor, I think I thanked you already, but thank you for what you're doing because yes. those gifts is going to go a long way. And uh, helping us win, literally, I think, hundreds of thousands of Pakistan yeah. in 2023. Yeah. And uh, we have seen just literally thousands of churches pop up. Uh, you know, from a handful of people, uh, they will increase to a thousand people the next year we go back. And men are still out on the streets preaching in megaphones oh, and uh, all kinds of stuff. So it's a... Uh, it is a worthy work Amen. that uh, we're, we are doing. Some people say, well, we, I don't believe in mass evangelism. Well, that's probably why you're not going. I believe that when a man prays the prayer, that the work is done. Amen. I believe that. Amen. So, praise God. Thank you a whole lot, Eric. And uh, I want to thank everybody that was... Uh, you know, was here on Saturday morning. Uh, I had it, put it on Facebook. I will be there, and guess what? I slept right on through my wake-up call. And so I didn't get here, <coughs> but uh, we had a great turnout. We want to thank you. Uh, there was a lady that came up to me, Tom and Vanessa, that came up to me before the service and said, we want to thank the people that prayed. Uh, Vanessa was rushed to a hospital. They thought she had a stroke. 
They couldn't find out what was going on. They took her to another hospital, and they discovered that she had a virus uh, that was uh, really simulating a stroke. And they got the virus taken care of, and Tom and Vanessa is with us today. Uh, and they just wanted to thank for all the people that are praying. So uh, praise God. So hallelujah. And I do so thank the worship team. Amen. I, uh, I am I'm just blessed by them. Hallelujah. And I hope that you are too. Uh, you might not like some of the looks and all that kind of stuff, but that's okay. We aren't here to judge the outward per appearance. We are kind of like the God nature that we just look at the heart. And uh, so uh, it doesn't much matter. Uh, a lot of people would have been mad at Isaiah for laying uh, in the middle of the four crossroads buck naked with uh, dung all over him. You probably wouldn't attended his church, but he, he was a prophet of God. And, uh, you know, you start looking at outward appearance, you're liable to have somebody looking at yours. We are happy for the gifts that come forth. And uh, we really aren't concerned whether, you know, they're bald. We don't care if they got long hair. I don't, you know, we have no such customs. So why do we argue about them? You know? All right, so let's go to Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter, and uh, praise God. Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter, we are talking about the uh, three-woven cord that is not easily broken. And uh, this three-woven cord consists of prayer, consists of fasting, and consists of the word that we're going to talk about today. And in verse 12, and it says, And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly or easily broken. And we see that it moves us into a realm of fullness of our faith, according to uh, Mark, the ninth chapter, where Jesus said this kind comes not out but by prayer and fasting, and he was the living word that was there. So the word of God, this right here, must never be approached like a book. It is not a bestseller by uh, Charles Stanley. It's not a bestseller by uh, T.D. Jakes. It's far better than that. Theirs is an opportunity or an attempt to tell you what God is saying in his word. But this right here, this book, I believe every word in it. I do not believe it contradicts itself. I do not believe that it's just a place that you have to decipher. I believe that what God said, he said what he said, he meant. That's what I believe. And I'm not going to allow others erode my faith because this is the Holy Scripture. This Scripture was given to us, 2 Peter 1:17 down through 20. It says that men spake as the Holy Ghost gave them utterance. Now, the argument is always is, well, it was written by men. I know that. But you believe everything else that's written by man, you think you'd have enough, a little common sense to believe this. It is the best-selling book in the world ever since it's been written. It is the most powerful book. It is the most righteous book. And it is the most book of confirmation of truth and lives that any other book has ever revealed. It is a book of God's promises to you. They are yea and amen. This book is not a respect of persons. What you read out of it, as much faith as you put in it, 
you will get results out of it. It is the voice of the Old Testament prophets. It is the voice of the New Testament apostles. It is the voice of God himself. This is the word of God. It is the law of God. It is the word of God. It is the directive for all mankind. There's no other place for you to seek the direction of your existence except out of this book. It will tell you who you are, where you are, and what you've done, and how to get free from it. It is the word of Christ, it is the word of life, and it is the word of grace. Jesus said, I come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. Now, that is his purpose. The Bible says that we are to humble ourselves and live, live, live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And of course, we have declared ourselves wiser than God. So we'll go to the horoscopes. We'll go to self-help books. We'll go to books that other men have written. But you'll never be any more than what they have the power to make you. This word will make you what God said you are. Could again, amen. It requires only one thing. One thing from you as a believer, and that is faith. If you do not mix faith with it, it will be a book of vowels, adjectives, nouns, but it will never be a book of life. When you pick up this book, treat it with the most reverent, most honor, that you can possibly muster up. Amen? Don't let it get thrown in the back seat, bent pages, torn covers, and then you pick it up because somebody's coming to your house. Don't use it as a coffee holder. Don't use it as a plate holder. Make sure that you treat it like it is the voice of God. Now, this book is not a respect to persons. If you mix faith with it, it will work. If you don't mix faith with it, it won't work. All failure is not put upon God. All failure is found in the faithlessness of man. Amen? Hallelujah. So, we understand that it is inspired of men. Second Samuel said that God's tongue came into my tongue and I spake for the Lord. And it's inspired and we believe in that. Don't ever question it. Amen? If it says um, fake leather, then you believe it's fake leather. If, you, if it says real leather, then praise God, you believe that it's real leather. leather. Amen? All right, the Word of God reveals the end of all things. All things before they have ever happened. If you picked up a road map and it told you, go two miles up the road and turn to the right, you would obey that. You obey Siri. You obey, uh, what's that, a, a direction. Um, whatever it's called, and uh, it tells you to go here, go there, go there. You can't trust that, but you put everything into it. And you just head down the road with faith in the voice of somebody that has programmed a computer to take you where they think you can get to your destination. One time I was in Florida taking Lincoln and Quentin a fishing, and uh, of course, I took them fishing. I'm the only one caught anything, of course, but I, I came up to uh, this road, and I came up, and there's this block wall there. I backed up, followed my steps back out, 
got back out on the road, went around all the blocks and everything I went through. Lo and behold, I run right back into this wall. I called the bait store where I'm supposed to meet the guide, and I said, hey, I can't find you. I keep running into a brick wall. He said, we're on the other side of it. They built that when they built the condos. Yet you and I will put our faith in a program that somebody made up to make money, and the road and the highways of America are changing every day. I went to Michigan mushroom hunting one time with two guys I shouldn't have ever went with. I was up there, and all of a sudden, we stopped in the middle of the night, and I said, are we there? He said, no, the freeway just ended. I said, do what? I woke up, looked out, and sure enough, freeway end. Don't you think they should have told that to us 10 miles back? They didn't do that. But see, you and I will believe the word of men more then we will stand and have faith in a God that cannot lie and a God that is always faithful. Now, I know that you know all the things that the Word of God is to you. I understand that. It's just my job to stir you up and to get you back to the place that you start investing your time and your faith in the book of life. Amen. So it reveals to us things that are not seen, but things that will be. It's kind of like a real simple one. You know that it says, given it shall be given. How many of you believe that? How many of you believe that? So that you will have all sufficiency in all things, like Brother Rick brought out today. But when we run into problems, we don't sow, we go to the bank. No, no, no problem. I'm not here to tell you that you're right or wrong. I'm just telling you that you keep following the old man and you keep disconnecting yourselves from the word that God reveals to you where you are and the outcome of where you can end up with faith in God. It reveals to us eternity. It reveals to us that there is a heaven, and in Matthew, the fifth chapter, there is a hell. Oh, don't say that. I get afraid. Well, it would be to God that he'd scare it right out of you. That's what I hope. But we have to understand that this scripture right here cannot be replaced by any philosophical thoughts or newness of a, discover, a discovery of some secret way to success. There's only one way to success, and that's to put God first and keep faith in him. Amen? All right. So we realize that it shows us things that will come in the eternities as well as things that will come here and now. And so if God tells us to give, he tells you, given it shall be given. But I tried that. It doesn't mean that you tried it. It means that you do it and you don't stop doing it because God is faithful. Amen? Amen? So, we want to make sure that the Word of God dominates us, dictates us, and that we believe what it's showing us. It is a mirror. It shows us things that will happen if we will incorporate faith in God. Now, if you don't believe that, I don't know if you can trust God for your salvation or not. I don't know. I don't know if you'll be able to resist the devil. I don't know. I don't know if you'll be able to stay out of sin. I don't know. 
If you take away one word of this Bible, in Revelation, the last verse, if you take away one word, God will take away your name from the book of life. That's a horrible thought. But God's not playing religious games like we do. We play with holy fire because we really don't believe it's holy. Now, God never lies, Hebrews, the sixth chapter. It is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for God to lie. Psalms 89, 34 says, God will not break his covenant nor alter anything that has went out of his mouth. So if God said it, how many of you know you can take it to the bank? I remember the day that I walked out of my job. God had been dealing with me and dealing with me, and I'm not telling you to do that because I don't know if he's telling you to do that. But he told me, and he said, I want you to quit your job today. I said, oh, okay. So I worked a couple hours, and finally I said, that's it. I'm done. And I took off my um, apron and all that kind of stuff and laid it down. I told the Baptist that was uh, sitting across from me, I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to quit and, and go preach the gospel. He said, oh, okay. About five minutes later, I come back. He said, what happened? That career was real short. I said, oh, man. I said, buddy, I, I have to provide for my family. He said, I understand. He said, hey, no problem. So about 10, 15 minutes later, it just wore on me. And I said, that's it. I'm quitting. He said, okay, I'll see you in just a moment. I walked toward that door and got to that door, and I could not walk through that door. Fear paralyzed me. Really, I didn't believe God. And so I went back, and he said, hey, you're back again, huh? I said, yep. So I did it again. I quit five times that day. But only on the last time did I answer the call of God. And I said in that moment, I said, if I cannot trust God to provide for me, then I am a weak-minded Christian. If I believe that he can take me to heaven, keep me from hell, and I don't believe that he can meet my needs, I'm a weak Christian. I wanted to pick and choose. That's not what God does. So I went home and told Phil, God told me to quit my job. She said, what are we going to do? I said, well, what I'm going to do is stay home. What you're going to do is look for another job tomorrow. <laughs> not really. My wife was always supportive of me. Hallelujah. And uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, can I have that on the, script, on the screen up here? This is what the Word of God is for us. No place else to go. It says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness or doing things the right way. Second, uh, can I have the next verse? That the man of God may be perfect. Can you be perfect without the word? No. You are deeply dependent on it to change your imperfections. And then it says this, that though thoroughly furnished unto all good works, or we could say all kingdom works. Next verse. I charge thee therefore before God that the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead and that at his appearing and his kingdom, next verse, preach the word, be instant season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. 
That should tell you why the church is in the condition it's in. I have people say this. Well, I see what it says, but I just don't believe it. Now, this is not sinners. It's Christians. You don't believe what? Well, I I don't believe that. I don't think God wants me to do that or I have to do that. No, I don't guess you do. You don't have to do what the Word says, but the Word instructs you in all righteousness. When you walk in the path of righteousness, then unrighteousness has no rule. All right? Doctrine and teaching and instruction in the duties of man. Reproof means to call into account and to show a man his fault. Do you know that you do not know whether you're right or wrong without the Scripture? People say, well, I'm thinking about doing this. I wouldn't think about doing anything without the mind of God. Why would you want to do that? Does that mean that you are now a subcontractor to God? That you're going to do your own thing, yet if it turns out wrong, it's going to be his fault? No. No, absolutely not. Folks, in the world that we live in right now, we are self-indulgent. We are self-ordered. We are self-dictated. We are self-governed. But that's not what we are created for. We are to walk by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. The second thing that after reproof, it's correction. It means to restore to an upright state to improve one's life and character. And when you don't read the scripture, then what happens is all of that transformation of the old man to the new man stops happening. Oh, but I I know the scriptures. I know. You know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Romans, and Acts. I, I know. But this word is more than just a bunch of scriptures. This word is the mind of God. I'm not talking about just God's will not just God's voice, but what God met when he said it. You know, when you just use scriptures black and white without really having the intent and the mind of God to minister, to encourage, to exhort, to comfort, to lift up, to repair, and to love. If you are trying to prove your point of your revelation, you have missed the mind of God. You have missed the mind of God. Have you ever thought about divorce? We've been married two weeks, and you probably have, but but let's think of it like this. People say God hates divorce. He does. Then there's the other that take it to the extreme that divorce is sin. You divorce your, your spouse, you'll curse yourself. Where does that say that in the Bible? Now, I know some of you are getting hacked off right now. I'm asking you right now to prove to me the question that I just asked you with the Scripture. Because man did not invent divorce. He invented the need for divorce. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 24, I gave you the writing of divorce because of the hardness 
of your heart. Now, I know that Jesus said in the beginning it was not like that. But because of your fall and your neglect to live by the doctrine of God, to be reproved and to be corrected, I had to give you a writing of divorce. Why? What was God's thinking when you gave him a writing of divorce? That a man could put away his wife. Come on. That don't seem fair. You know what God's thought and intent of it was? That man would not live in a place of sin and be cursed, but live in a place of blessing. See, we think that divorce is, oh, it's just for fornication. That's not when divorce was instituted. Who told you that? Well, well, I read, I I know you read, but you should have read and really read. Because the Bible said that God gave divorce to man because of the hardness of his heart, the division, the hate the despising, the neglect, the bitterness, the wrath, the anger, the hurt. God can't let that flourish in man. I know you, oh my word, back to you, you lost your mind. Tell me if I've lost it and said something is not in the Bible. But know this, half of our doctrine concerning such issues had been totally on the wrong side of the scale. God did not want a woman oppressed, depressed, abused, rejected, thrown down to a level of lower standard because of a man's hardness of heart. He found one unclean thing in her. Then the Bible says this. This will shock you. You know, you read uh, Matthew's 19th chapter. If a man marries, he commits adultery. Or if a woman remarries, she commits adultery. Well, the word adultery doesn't mean adultery there. It means apostasy. It means that they're forced into a place to go contrary to the faith that they have submitted themselves to. And if that wasn't true, as soon as the man and the woman got married, they'd have to be stoned to death. But then God says in Deuteronomy 24, if a man divorces his wife, she's free to go and marry another. You know, you ever thought about that woman at the well? Five husbands and the one you're shacking with now, you're not even. Was she guilty? Jesus didn't condemn her for that. He gave her facts. I, I, I can see your uh, doctrine things going But they've told me, you have the Bible, you have to read. And God will reveal his thoughts and his intent behind every word. If not, you can even take the New Testament and make it so legalistic that it will kill And then it says that she can go and marry another. And then if she divorces him, the restriction is you can't go back and marry the first one again. But it never said she couldn't marry another. Now, don't that just irk you? That God doesn't think like we think? 
Remember, he come to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. But our traditions and our doctrines keep us from living the way that God wants us to live. You've heard me say I would never encourage a woman to go back into a house where there was physical abuse unless she was carrying a ball bat and a gun. You say, oh, well, she just got to put up with it. Well, why don't you put up with it? I would never do that. I'd never have a woman take her children back into a home with pedophile uh, in it. I wouldn't do it. Well, well, I will. Oh, yeah. No, you can't. See, there are things what I'm trying to tell you is that the Scripture has the mind of God, not just the black and white, lifeless Scriptures without the mind of God. So we have to give place when we read the Scriptures, we have to think about the mind of God. God, what is your intention in saying this to me? Well, I give you the right to get a divorce, but I'm telling you and warning you before you run into that situation, don't let the hardness of heart take root. That's his intention. I know if T.G. Jakes was here, he'd be getting shouts. <laughs> the Bible sets in order, in order moral standards so that you and boundaries that we may walk in the righteousness of God. In other words, in every situation, we are to express God's will, his voice, his nature through us his body that he has purchased. And if we don't do that, then we're going to be falling short. Amen? Let's go to Hebrews 1. Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. Hallelujah. I will tell you this, that God sent his word. Jesus said, I come to give you life and it more abundantly. God sent his word to heal and to free you from all of your destruction. So God wants to heal you and I. Do you know that a lot of things that we are harboring, the things that we are struggling with, the things that are getting us off course, things that are causing us to give the enemy strongholds, could really be healed if we would just spend time in it. Recognizing that you have problems doesn't solve them, but applying God's answer to it will resolve it. It says this, and God who at sundry times in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. Remember we said that the word of God is the voice of the old prophets. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power. Somebody say, upholding all things. That means your identity, your victory, your success, your breakthrough, your transformation, your a change from the old man to the new man is all being held up by the word of his power. In other words, in every word of God, there is enough power to accomplish it 
and to bring it to pass. And then it says this, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So we understand that God speaks to us by the prophets. We also included Ephesians 3, Ephesians 2.20, the apostles. But that that word has enough power to uphold everything that God said he would do. Sometimes people say, well, I don't know if this is the will of God or if that's the will of God. I always say this. Let's look at the life of Jesus. There is no clearer voice that we have than when we look at Jesus God in the flesh. People say, well, well, God doesn't want to heal everybody. Find one person that Jesus didn't heal. Then I'll agree with you. Well, I knew sister so-and-so and she died. If I was you, I'd forget about her and move on. You can't change yesterday. And you don't even know what's going on. You do not know what's going on. I had a man, I went to his house to pray for him, and he said, now, Pastor, listen, don't pray for me to get healed. I said, well, why am I here? He said, I called you here to pray that this cancer that's eating me up, that I wouldn't have any more pain and that I could eat anything I want until I die. He said, but I'm telling you, I know myself. Every time God heals me, I go right back into sin. And he said, I've never been closer to God than I am right now. Now, see, we would say, well, you know, God doesn't know. heal everybody. So-and-so died. So-and-so might have wanted to die. You don't know. God knows more than we know. Could again, amen. amen. Hallelujah. God's voice is something that we must hear continually. It is different from the people that speak into our life and to try to get us into their camp, like 2 Corinthians 3.1 I am of this household, I'm of that household, I'm of this household, and I'm of that household. You know, when I first got saved, people, you say, well, well, brother, so-and-so said this, so-and-so said that. Well, you know what? I believe I agree with so-and-so. I just quit running around with those people. Why? They were just birds. They were just mimicking what somebody else said. They had never discovered faith on their own. This right here is the only place that faith will come. And if you're weak in faith, you will have compromise. If you're weak in faith, you'll have fear. If you're weak in faith, the old man will constantly be ruling you. If you're weak in faith, you will never, ever take a stand for any time uh, endurance. You will cave in all the time, and you'll be tossed to and fro like a child by every wind of doctrine. Your salvation is yours. And I would ask you this. If you were God, would you let you in? If you were God and you had to live by the word of righteousness, would you let you in? Oh, yeah, buddy, I'm, I'm going. Well, as long as you've measured it out with fear and trembling, then that is your end. 
I would never take my eternity lackadaisically. I, I just wouldn't do it. And so the Word of God must have the preeminence in our life, in our thinking, in our actions. It is thy word that hath cleansed me from my sins. I have hid thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know, sin is so easy to get used to when God's not shining the light on it. And so, this is the word of righteousness. I've cleansed my ways. Thy word is a lamp unto my path and a light unto my feet. How will a young man cleanse his ways except by the word of God? It is up to us to put this word in us, to mix faith with it, and to see God's desired result in our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sorry, I never got to where I really wanted to go, but you got enough in you that you understand every day, every day, every day. In him do we live and move and breathe and have our being. And any time that you don't embrace this on a daily basis, you will find yourself not breathing. You will find yourself decaying. You will find yourself reverting back to who you were. Let us not go back, but let us push forward. Let us push forward. Now, I know I've broken all the rules of 30-minute messages, but I really don't care. You know, I mean, people can get up and go home when they want to go home. Not like we lock the doors. Not like I went to Fred Price's one time, and a lady got up and held her finger up. She had to pee. Soon she walked out that door. They unlocked it, let her out, and then locked it when she went out. Said, no re-entry, lady. You can't hold it during the service, don't come. Now, he's trying to break cultural things. But white folks have just watched that culture and become it. Listen, the Word of God, how could you live without it? How could you live without it? How could you know God's will unless he was speaking to you? Let the Word of God speak to you. Put faith in it. Gosh, do I want to see more of God than I have ever seen in my life. I want to see more of God. I want to be the Peter of the Bible where my shadow touches people. That when people come in contact with me, they're transformed. Make a deposit in somebody, but you got to be full enough for them to be impacted by it. Let's stand to our feet. Father, oh Jesus, 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 I pronounce blessing God upon every family, upon every business, upon every individual. You said, God, who I blessed would be blessed. And I break the power of any curse that has tried to come up on you, any sin that has tried to take advantage over you, I break its power. And God, I loose the stirring of the Holy Ghost, that God, you will begin to raise up in us a standard of holiness, a morality, of purity. Draw the boundaries, God, that will keep us to your people, that we will be blameless, harmless, God, like children, Father, washed, washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, raise us up to be a voice. 
Raise us up to be bold. Raise us up to believe, to know, to be people of faith. And God, let us want more than anything to be like you. Let us not look in the mirror and see us and be satisfied. Let us see what the Word says to us and for us. And God, let us walk away and incorporate it into our life. Oh, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glorious God. Hallelujah. 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 As the world gets darker, some of you go will go through times coming. I see them. They're up on your house. Nothing you can do about it. Everything's set into motion. But what you can do is to protect yourself by walking in love and faith. You are better than any attack of the devil. You are better than any pressure that the world can bring against you. And God is with you. Christ is in you for you to display who God is in your situation. It may seem impossible. You'll think, God, the only way to remedy this is just by physical force. But I say to you, love will never fail. And faith will bring you through. Remember these words that I'm telling you. Remember these words. Some of you are getting ready to enter into situations that are not your fault. But I'm telling you, they're coming. Be strong. Be strong. Walk in love. Be strong in faith. And you shall see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you, Father. We just loose blessing upon them. In Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you.